You're listening to the Cleveland Comedy Network. My name's Steve Guy, the host of Happy Hour with Steve Guy, where I get to sit down and interview people who are from Cleveland originally or doing very cool things in Cleveland. It's all part of the Cleveland Comedy Network, just like the show you're about to listen to. To keep up to date with all the podcasts coming to the network, go to clevelandcomedyfestival.com slash the network. Hey, welcome to Tencent Beer Life. Hey, welcome back to Tencent Beer Life. I'm your host, Kyle, as always, with the uh, the monarch of fun, Brian. What's up, dude? <laughs> uh, we each seem to have had way too much fun this weekend. I, yesterday, we were going to record live, and my hangover and my butthole were not allowing me to leave the bed uh, or the bathroom. So we, we couldn't do it yesterday. Then today, you're struggling? What did you, what'd you well, do last I'm night? Not, I mean, that's what I did today, earlier. You know? Oh, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had to come home and take a little nap. We had some friends in town. We went and uh, had some morning booze, and uh, it was good. What did you do? Was... What were you drinking, morning booze wise? Oh, just some beers, just some uh, heavy IPAs uh, with breakfast. So <laughs> um, that's yeah, commitment. It's... That's not. We talked about this last week about the brunch drinks, the mimosa and bloody mary, and you just went straight for the the beers. I had a mimosa, but I didn't want the heartburn that goes along with all the orange juice. So I had a little bit and then just straight straight beers, straight IPAs. It was good. I had I, – I spent like – and I I bought some people a couple drinks on Friday, but ended up spending like pretty much just on me $100 worth of alcohol <laughs> at the bar. Um, Brian's getting loaded. I got loaded Friday night. It was – I need to. I'm. I'm. I'm consciously gonna try and 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 back down from it because, like the, you know, getting out of the the house, it's like I I want to go out. And I want to have a good time, and I did not drink much during quarantine at all. Yeah, I, no. And so, like getting back out there now has been, and I've done a terrible job of hydrating during. Like I, I have not been sipping waters on the side at all. It's just as much alcohol as I can put in myself until I am incapacitated. That's fun for your your fiance, I'm sure. You know, I am. I'm at least like I'm. I'm probably overly nice to her when I'm that drunk. I like I'm like handsy and just telling her how much I love her, <laughs> how pretty she is. So she doesn't hate it because of that. But I, yes, I am a handful that she's probably slightly embarrassed about. Sure. <laughs> whatever, whatever. It's forever, right? They're gonna have to deal with it. Yeah, I'm the unreliable booze bag in this relationship. <laughs> then you're like, I can't go, I can't go. And I'm like, ah, you son of a bitch. I I know exactly what's going on in your life. So Oh like, God. Uh, it was too much. Yep. It It was good though. I mean I had a good time. We I did a show Friday night. It was a really fun lineup. Um The Winchester with Jimmy, right? Yeah, Winchester with Jimmy. Joe Howard was there. Rob Ward was there. Dave Flint did a set. Squire did a set. Nice. Um, Rob Ward just put out an album, too. Joe Briggs. Yeah, Rob Ward put out an album, and he's hitting the road again with Benji Brown. Um, So a lot of great stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. The Winchester's a fun fun place to go watch a show. Yeah, it's a fun place to spend $100 on alcohol. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I went to the last (laughs) one they did. 
I uh, me and my wife are celebrating our anniversary this weekend. So, Ooh. oh, happy anniversary to yes, you! Yes, I didn't want to be like, let's go to a comedy show and get blacked out. While <laughs> you don't talk to anybody, and she so. <laughs> No, it was nice. We kind of just hung out and we went to a going away party Saturday and then came home and uh, early and just kind of hung out, went to some friends. So pretty, pretty easy weekend. I didn't get shit done, but uh, whatever. So here we are back doing 10 cent beer life from the yep. comfort of our own homes. So we got out once and then we we're like, that's ah, too much. Let's go back <laughs> in. Oh, we got compliments. So they said uh, the in studio thing was uh, I got a couple messages said uh, nice. the episode kicked ass. Uh, so we'll definitely be back to Gold Knox. We were planning on going back there. Dude, good setup. It was fun. Um, yeah, it's great. We had video. I haven't learned how to put out video promos yet, but you get video from there, too. So <clears throat> it's, uh, it's uh, a legit fucking setup, man. If you're in Cleveland and you need a podcast, get old to Gold Knox. It made my life a hell of a lot easier. Fuck yeah. I don't do any of that stuff, so it, it was all... It was it was more difficult for me, but it was still worth it. <laughs> yeah, you had to drive somewhere. I <laughs> actually I just had like, I just uploaded and downloaded all this shit on the computer, and it was up, and I'd have to piece apart together the the episode because my internet sucks. So it was it was all in all, whatever. We're back. I'm we down come, to go there whenever. I I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to maybe try to get some regular time set up. So um, on days where you won't be blasted <laughs> the night before. We're gonna. I'm gonna make a real effort to to have those days be few and far between moving forward. See the the difference is I've been boozing like that for a while now. So like I would have been like I got to get my shit together. Dude, I got to puke. I used to, be able to, to polish off a a, a half to seventy percent of a bottle of scotch, and just and be like, you know, little nauseous the next day, but just fine. That's all gone. That's very much gone. Ooh, yeah. That's a that's a good power to have, really, but. It wasn't nice no good for good for you and your sobriety. It's just reminding you, like, hey, you shouldn't be doing this. So, well, I mean, I'm not going to move to sobriety by any means, but I'm just going to not get to a point where I don't remember the last hour or two two hours at the bar. Yeah, I get it. Don't be a piece of shit. It's uh, pretty much. I feel like one the next day. That's... Yep, yep, definitely oh. felt that. Go so, ahead. um, I mean, I was I it was. Friday was was a good time there. Um, f- watching the the Golden State Warriors get fucking knocked out of the uh, the playoff contention was was a lot of fun to watch. I, I definitely remember that, and uh, I I'm very happy to see that. Fuck them for forever. I that game versus LeBron was crazy. Did yeah, you watch any of that? I I saw the highlights so. I was watching that live. I, I mean, with my work schedule, I can stay up kind of late. So I watched LeBron hit that shot, take that foul from Draymond. Uh, good on them for not calling it any sort of real flagrant. Although if they did, I mean, you know, Draymond in the way that he carries himself and and talks and acts, it's like if anybody decides to give him something more aggressive than potentially deserved in that moment, like nothing happens in a vacuum, dude. You've been earning that extra stank that anybody's going to put on a foul for you the entire game in your entire career. And that's why, like, anybody who tries to to downgrade the, the Cavs championship because Draymond missed a fucking game, like, no. Draymond had been kicking dudes in the dick for months, and then he does something to LeBron's dick, and yeah, of course, you're going to get suspended. It wasn't a one-and-done kind of thing. You had been 
building up a reputation as a dick kicker and a dick puncher and yelling at referees. <laughs> and so, of course, if you're going to go do that in an NBA game in the finals to the best player in the game, you're going to get suspended. You earned it. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron is the golden boy. And, I mean, it's... But he he's untouchable. He's untouchable, he, dude. Oh, I see. I I don't necessarily think because I think did he get suspended? Gets, he just broke protocol. He he left and went to like a photo shoot with Drake, and he didn't get suspended or fined for anything for like that. Sure. Now, in you that, know, I mean, that's in that what sense, I'm saying. Sure. I'm talking more like, you know, and, and again, it, a lot of this is more from reputation and from what I've heard everybody say. I did not watch much of the Jordan years when they happened, but. Jordan definitely had a reputation for getting calls big time. Sure, being absolutely. the gold boy, LeBron has not gotten those calls. LeBron's gotten treated more like Shaq than than like Jordan, as far as that goes. That he's so big and so strong that he gets a lot of no calls when he should have gotten different fouls called on him. Yeah, because he's such a physical specimen. Yeah, that's what Shaq. I mean, Shaq got beat up a lot. Now Shaq would get a little bit here and there, but for the most part, like. You basically had to punch the guy to get a foul called. So I think LeBron has had more, much more of that treatment around the rim than he's gotten Michael Jordan treatment. Yeah, you couldn't touch Michael. But the game was also more physical back then, so it was almost more obvious. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. oh, shit, you're calling that on Mike. But So, I mean, LeBron gets beat up a little more, but they're, they hold the whistle a little more. But it's also not as physical. So, I don't but know. LeBron with a, another fucking – I think they showed it within the last – 15 or so years, LeBron's number two only behind Kobe in, in game-winning shots, and he's got that non-clutch reputation, which I don't think is true as well. I, I I personally think he's the best basketball player ever, LeBron James. I You know, the resumes aside with the titles, like what else is there that Jordan can really hold on? I, mean, I know people are going to be like, oh, fuck you, that's stupid. There's tons of things that Jordan has over him, but... Outside LeBron's of got a bunch really... of other things over Jordan. Uh, yeah, rebounds and, and assists. It seemed like his game was far more complete. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't get his dad murdered. <laughs> 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 it just completely just disappeared for two years of his career. So, <laughs> you know, LeBron, LeBron those first seven years was making the playoffs. Like, Jordan was, like, making it or losing in, like, the first round. Like, LeBron started making finals a ton, and... That goes, you know, there's more parity in the NBA now. It's There's a lot of teams that stacked up, but, like, there's a lot more talent than there was when, you know, Jordan caught Magic Johnson and Burr on, on their down downward, you know. And it was like, yeah, you know, it, it, he had to deal with the Clyde only. Drexler, I mean, come on, Carl Malone. Carl Malone's tough, but, I mean. Carl Malone was very, very good, great scorer, and Stockton was good and all, but, like, those teams do not hold a candle to, um, hell, even, like, the the San Antonio years like when San Antonio was a dynasty and LeBron was having to go up against them I I I think that they were far better than any fucking Utah team from the 90s yeah I I think I think if the Bulls would have had to face those Spurs teams they probably don't win those you know three-peat three-peats I mean I that Spurs team was it was like for them it was like get past the Knicks and then you're you're just smooth sailing because I mean they they went up against an upstart, don't belong here, um, uh, Supersonics team with Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. But other than that, like it was like them, the the um, the Spurs the, and the the, the the Jazz, and then they. Uh, I don't think they they really ever had to face the Spurs in the playoffs. I don't think no, they were the any Spurs. sort of the Blazers. The Blazers. Jordan had the flu game. Yeah, 
you know that famous clip where he shrugs his shoulders and he comes down and hits those threes he's like all of a sudden i can shoot threes now that was a big <laughs> moment for me as a child you know wow that was a wow what, moment for me was uh when uh that that Shaq and penny magic team made to the finals did they play jordan as well they beat the bulls the year jordan came back i believe don't well, that's right. They're both they're both East. I don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah, um, yeah. They didn't play them in the finals. Who did they lose to in the finals then? Who? The the Shaq and and Penny man. Well, the the Houston Rockets. Okay. With Elijah Wan, they they won two titles there. Okay. I think I think they went the one year the the Rockets beat the Knicks and they beat the the Magic in the finals. They swept the Magic. Nick Anderson missed those free throws. Uh, and like game one, it was just kind of all down the hill from there. He missed four free throws in a row at the end of the game. Iconic, dude. Iconic choke. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Is there a bigger choke than that that I can think of? Like just off the top of my head. Uh, Jr. What the the throwing the ball to LeBron or the timeout thing? Well, I mean. Getting the rebound and instead of going back up with it, sure, running out with it, trying to get a timeout, thinking that you know, being just being that off, like the fact that we got the rebound on that was was incredible. And then it's like just go right back up, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he missed like four free throws in a row. Like it was just like hit like four chances. I think they needed two points or something. I don't know. Was that bigger? Was that a bigger choke than Nick Anderson? Well, people remember maybe in Cleveland, but like iconically, yeah. I don't know. Bill Buckner. Uh, yeah, that's a bad. That I mean, that's probably the biggest one. No, that's a bad one. It's a routine ground ball. Yeah, that one sucked. Yeah, that's a terrible one. So, no, the Lakers lost though the first playoff game to the Suns. Um, so LeBron's kind of behind the eight ball already. Uh, what else happened this weekend? The Bucks. He'd had a hell of a fucking game going to overtime. I watched that. I didn't get to watch that. I don't even know who won it. Uh, Milwaukee, uh, Chris Middleton just had, like, hit hit a shot with, like, 0.5 seconds left and then just stuffed fucking Jimmy Butler on the other end of the court. Just just straight up dirty block to win the game. They didn't even have a chance. So it was. Sixers are up one, one nothing over the Wizards. So weird to see. Oh, the the, Wizards. Yeah, that's right. They did get in. So weird to see the Knicks and the Hawks. In the playoffs, they're playing at seven. Um, yesterday, Mavs over the Clippers. I, I I really I think everybody expected the Clippers to be so much more. Like it, it, Kawhi was like for one season the the man, and then he goes and joins Paul George, leaves Toronto where he could have just been a forever folk hero, and still might be. I mean, one one championship for that team that that sat. So close to, you know, just LeBron was in their way for years. Fired Dwayne Casey. Yeah, it's uh, that might go down iconic, or they might hate the guy for just picking up and leaving. I kind of would. Um, sure, sure. I understand how fucking bitter I would be too. Blazers over the Nuggets is huge. I, I'd say if there's one team, like I, I will root for LeBron throughout all this, but if there's one other team that I'd I'd really be on board for, it'd be the Blazers. I'm a big time Dame fan. He's so fun to watch. And CJ, CJ, CJ Cleveland yeah. Browns fan, yeah, yeah. Canton's Canton's finest. He's got a, I think, a rec center or why that he's built down there. He's, I've, from what I've heard through people, that uh, CJ McCollum's a pretty fucking cool dude. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. So yeah. I, I'll root for the Blazers. I hope they win a, a, a title. They're like I, a what? They're a seven or six seed. Like they're down there too. Yeah, they are down there. If there's anybody that could carry them, it'll be Dame. It's wild to see Utah number one. Like they yes. were good last year, but then like the Suns, the Suns were like almost like a play-in team, and then they got Chris Paul, and it was like completely changed the culture there, and they're just balling two seed, dude. And then it's like, oh, maybe it was a fluke, and then now they take one from the Lakers. Like it's, we'll see. I mean, those Lakers, you know, they were playing like the, the way that the Cavs did for a long time, where it's like, you know, load management, and who cares? As long as we make it to the playoffs, that's all that matters. They did not give, you know, and plus you had injuries to both um, Anthony Davis and LeBron, and then LeBron, those injury kind of kept carrying over, even to where he was getting his ankle. Uh, he, he had to sit because of his ankle, like, last game of the season. So, I mean, maybe the Lakers didn't have that time they needed to fully gel at the end of the year again. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. I mean, um, I'd be sweating a little bit dropping one. I mean, they just got to steal one on the road. That's that's it. In the seven-game series, you got to steal one of the first two games if you're the underdog, and then you just automatically have the home court then, so. Now that people are getting back into the stands and places, that becomes important again. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. It, it should be interesting. My dog's barking. Of course she is. So Definitely rooting for Lakers over, over the Suns. I don't give a shit about the Suns. I would like the Wizards to beat the Sixers. I don't really like Embiid. I, I do like Russ. Uh, I do like Bradley Beal, too. Yeah, I mean, that would be crazy because they had, like, Two months ago, they had like point six chance of making the playoffs, and they just went on like a crazy run to get in. Yeah. So I mean that that's real cool for them. Who else is there? The Celtics sucked ass this year, which is sweet. Like they're like a six or seven seed. I'm still rooting for them over the fucking Nets. I really hate Boston, and I, I, I know, never want to root for anybody. But like Kyrie Irving, I sent you that thing, that Kyrie Irving thing. Uh, which one? I mean, there's just been so much with that. Oh. There was one where he said he was. Kevin Durant is – he's Kevin Durant from the future or something, or he Kevin Durant came back as him or something. I don't know. He thinks they're, like, intergalactically connected or whatever. The guy's wild, dude. He's wild. He's t- he's just like – here, uh, I said this to you with, like, five different jerk-off motion gifts. Um, the, the Brooklyn Nets are about to begin their postseason pursuit of an NBA championship, but Kyrie Irving says he's currently focused on issues other than basketball. Irving declined to answer game-related questions Saturday after Brooklyn's 105-91 victory over the Chicago Bulls and made multiple references to the ongoing violence between Israel and Palestine. I'm not going to lie to you guys. A lot of stuff is going on in the world, and basketball is just not the most important thing to me right now, Irving said. There's a lot of things going on overseas. All of our people are still in bondage across the world, and there's a lot of dehumanization going on. So I apologize if I'm not going to be focused on y'all's questions. It's just too much going on in the world for me to just be talking to you about basketball. I focus on this most of the time, 24-7, but it's just too much going on in the world not to address. It's just sad to see this shit going on. It's not just in Palestine, not just in Israel. It's all over the world, and I feel it. I'm very compassionate to it, to all races, all cultures, and to see it. To see a lot of people being discriminated against based on their religion, color, their skin, what they believe in. I'm just sad. Fuck off, dude. He is just on this mission to to come off as the deepest, most sensitive person. And, like, you are such a fucking moron. He's so woke, dude. He's so woke. 
I can't even ask a, answer basketball questions. I just I, I feel it too much. It's, everybody's in bondage everywhere. It's so much for me. Then quit your job and join the Peace Corps. Donate all your money. Donate all your money. As long as, long as you have, have fucking that much money in the bank and, and you're not giving that away to, to actually make changes, then you, you have to feel basketball questions. You can also make mention of those things, but you don't get to, to hold on to all that money. You, and if he's donating one or two million dollars a year, that's big, but like you're making like thirty million dollars a year and you're not renouncing your worldly possessions. So as long as you're making all this money playing basketball and keeping all this money playing basketball, you should probably answer some fucking basketball questions. Well, it's just it, it, it boils down to it's a part it's a part of the job. The reason that they can pay you so much money is because they make you iconic. They make you a role model. They put you they put you on a pedestal for playing a fucking game. So without being able to do those interviews and make you this character, for lack of a better word. Sure. There's no money to go around. And that's what makes that's what makes so popular uh sports is you know, they redefined what it was in the NBA back in the eighties. They made Magic and Bird a thing. And they're telling stories, man. It's it's a soap opera, really. I mean, it's what it boils down to. This dude's just taking time off, and he's doing whatever he wants and trying to act like Then don't play. Then then straight up go devote your time and your actual energy to helping causes. Don't play. Don't keep all your money. Give your money away. Go go do that for a living. But no, you want to play basketball So because you are absolutely full of shit. You are doing all of this. Because you want, you like the idea of coming off that way. You like the idea of having this persona and and this reputation of being this super deep humanitarian. But you're fucking not. You you you. And I'm all for players opening their mouth. I'm not just a shut up and dribble kind of guy. But you, you know, if if you're gonna go out there and and you're gonna fucking dribble the basketball and make all that money. You you don't just get to act like well this basketball thing doesn't matter because of the world. Well, and that it's you know you can talk about the game, and then being like you know it's it's affecting you so much that you can't talk about basketball. Then yeah, you, you just don't go do something else, then, dude. If it's affecting you that much, like I I care too about things, but it's it doesn't impede me from doing my job. And you know what I do? I take my free time and I do that. You know, at this Start point. A, yeah, At start point, something. You got the finances. You got the fucking resources. Do something about it. You've made enough money. You can't say, oh, well, he's using his platform for good. I promise you that if he did actually leave basketball, his platform would be three times bigger than it is while playing basketball. If he left in his prime to be a humanitarian and to raise awareness for people in bondage around the world, his actual platform would raise tenfold. But no, he wants to keep playing basketball. He wants to keep being a millionaire. He's just full of shit. I mean, look at look at, yeah, he's making it about him, and that's what's yes. so gross. I can't focus because there's so much shit. Shut up, shut up. Jerk yeah, look at motion. look at yeah, look at Kaepernick. I mean, Kaepernick got blackballed, but I mean, like he was much bigger than he ever would have been being a run of the mill, lower third starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, by by doing what he did. So if if you're if you're really about that life, dude, go ahead and do it, and I'll I'll support you for it. But save the bullshit. But he surrounds himself with yes men and shit like that. So of course everybody's just stroking him and telling him do what you need to do. But at the same time, it's like 
you're still you're still working for the business. You know what I mean? Like you, this you're is still who he's been the whole job. time. He, he's a fucking head case, and he's always been a head case. He is the worst. I hate Kyrie Irving. I mean, but that shot though, dude. That shot though. You mean that one shot? That the one shot? Yes. And the forty-one point game, and like game three. I mean, like he. I don't. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I hate he's him a fucking. So he's wild. He's wild. He's a douchebag. But uh, so is LeBron. Really, you know, LeBron's kind of. Yeah, but LeBron is basketball first. Sure, he'll throw the other shit in. Like he he puts his money where his mouth is. He does give up a lot, but he's not trying to act like basketball doesn't matter. LeBron's like basketball is almost all that matters. I like I got my family, and then yes, I care about inner city people, and I want to help struggling people in the world. Um, he mentions it here and there, and then the rest of it is just like I just want to be better than Michael Jordan. I'm just going to keep going until it kills me. Kyrie Irving is like this whole basketball thing. I don't even really care about it. Like you know, everything's more important than basketball. Yeah, I mean that is the difference. I don't know. He's a hell of a basketball player too, man. He's he's good, but uh, I hear he's you. really I hear good. He's but he's overrated for sure. Yeah, I. Uh, where's he even rated at now? I mean, is he a top five point guard in the NBA? Probably not. I think everybody would put him in. I the would hope not. Top ten. Top but ten, not sure. Top five. I mean, I, I think he's probably rated right where, you know. Maybe now after after the head case kind of shit, but he he has been looked at as like, uh, you know, when him and 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 uh, KD met up, it was like this is two massive superstars joining up, and then you add James Harden in, and it's I, I'm definitely rooting against them. I hate yeah. Durant too. I don't I don't really hate Harden. But I really hate Durant. I I I don't like Harden very much myself. Uh, just the fake Twitter accounts, like the joining up, like I, I just everything that he's done has been cheap. He's you know people give LeBron a bunch of shit about joining up with people. Kevin Durant. Oh yeah. Left, and I mean they won seventy three games and he went went over there. So wait, so you hate Harden or Durant? Durant. Oh, I guess I guess I did kind of flip flop on that. Harden yeah. just I don't, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't play any defense. He just kind of does what he does. I don't I should step like back him, dude. Jumpers. I I mean he's just step back jumpers. He's going to his fucking strip clubs like he doesn't hide who he is. I mean <laughs> I should Plus like he, him. He, he 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 like he looks he does not look like one of the best players in the NBA. He's kind of chubby and that gigantic beard makes him look very cartoony. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean he's definitely he's got a look. He's definitely a character. Yeah. That's for sure. So I don't have too much of a problem with him. But um, speaking of, of basketball players and, and shit talking, you uh, turned me on to the oh yeah the Kwame Brown saga, which has been amazing, dude. He's Kwame Brown instantly. Like I'm like I want to go buy one of his jerseys. Like yes. So apparently he's just like I don't know is fed up with people making fun of him, and then he started calling out like Stephen Jackson, like. Gilbert Arenas, Stephen A. Smith, like shit that they've said now years ago. Before we get in really into it, uh, we should. Not everybody knows who Kwame Brown is and why he's been laughed at. Well, he was the first pick in the draft, and it was the Washington Wizards, and it was like Michael Jordan's first GM debut. And you know, say what you want about him, is he the biggest bust of all time? Probably not. He played twelve years in the league. I mean, he. He wasn't Anthony Bennett. It was out of the league in three. I yeah. mean, completely out of the league. So I don't. I don't know. Like I never really thought of Kwame Brown as much of anything except for like you know, 
Jordan sucked as a GM, and he was the product of that. You know? And he was an out-of-high-school kid, wasn't he? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like it's too tough to tell. I mean, you hit or miss on those guys. There's been a ton of high school kids that have sucked ass that came in. Kwame didn't suck, but Kwame wasn't the first overall pick in the draft either. I mean, that's kind of what happened to him. But he gets fucking ragged on, and, uh, dude, I don't know. He, I think it's so good. He's just he's had enough. You know, he's been the butt of a lot of jokes. Over the years, and he's had enough, and he's calling these bitch motherfuckers out, and uh, <laughs> it's good. Dude, it's great shit talking, dude. It's yes, and he is scorched earth. He is calling them. Uh, he's calling Matt Barnes Becky with the good hair. Um, he told Stephen A. Smith he's going to s- sprinkle some of his mama's good cooking in his girl's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just and he has been of- ruthless about Matt Barnes and Derek Fisher banging his ex. Oh yeah, dude. He's just going. He's going full jugular, just ripping it out. Uh, it's just fantastic. He keeps coming out with more shit too. It's just and it's like musty. there wasn't a whole, but it wasn't like the worst things were really said about him. Like, well, I guess it was like some genie bus thing with Gilbert Arenas, and he he really hates Gilbert Arenas. Well, Gilbert Arenas was like, "Hey man, you got this fucked up." The thing about it is, is like people are legit scared. He's Kwame Brown is a fucking badass, apparently. Gilbert Arenas told this story about him and his brother beating up 40 guys at a strip club one night, like bouncers and everything. And Gilbert Arenas stepped the fuck down as a grown man who had a gun in the locker room at one point. Gilbert Arenas is like, I don't want anything to fucking do with this guy. (laughs) Wait, who beat up bouncers? Kwame Brown and his brother beat up like 40 dudes (laughs) at a strip club one time. Gilbert Arenas is like, I want nothing to do with this. I I didn't mean no disrespect to you, Kwame. Basically, he's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want this. They all kind of did. Now, Barnes tried to make his kind of seem like a, you know, I'm not really backing down, but also like I didn't I didn't mean to do all this like they None of them really like went fuck you, Kwame. None of them were like all this shit you're saying, like it's, it's way too much. Go fuck yourself. Like you want the. You want the, the the smoke? Like we can do this. None of them did that. Stephen A. Uh, not Stephen A. Smith. Stephen Jackson kind of kind of threw it back at him a little bit, but I, he's a tough dude too. Like I, I, for a grown man to back down like they have though is just kind of yeah. for what Kwame said. I don't know. It's just fun. I guess there's some pot, some pot, uh, uh, millionaire, the God, or uh, millionaire. You know what I'm talking about. Chameleonaire, like Chameleonaire. Dirty? I think that maybe that's who it is. He's got a podcast or like a radio show now, and he was talking about Charlemagne how, the God. Charlemagne, that's it. That's it. I couldn't think. He, of that's the Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God's a huge, yeah, 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 pop culture personality. Yeah. So, anyways, I don't know. I mean, whatever. I I, I don't listen to the Breakfast Club. I didn't know who he was. Anyways, I don't either. I see this, clips a lot. Sure. This guy was talking about how Kwame's dad was in prison for murder. And then Kwame started going after him. So it's just like he's pulling clips up with like Linda Cohn, like a young Linda Cohn and like pulling quotes from that and being upset about it. Like he's digging in the tapes to get pissed off. And it's, <laughs> if it take 20 minutes and just watch the Kwame Brown videos. It's, Dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, he is really he's intense. I love it. Yeah, it's been that's been my kind of my entertainment this past week. So. Real good stuff there. Real good stuff there. Indians, interesting Indians this weekend. Uh, what are they? 10-0, 10-0 Friday night. 
They lost, and then they walk off homer on 10 innings, two-run homer Saturday, and then today they lost in extras. In extras. Yeah. A lot of of question marks, man. Dude, it's like the the, the first thing that needs to be stated is we're only a game and a half out of first still. After all that shit happened, still only a game out of first, and the team in first is the – up until this week, after they, they just got swept by the Yankees, the White Sox were, like, number one in the ESPN power rankings and a lot of different power rankings. Over the Dodgers, over the Padres, Chicago White Sox, uh, the the headline of the power rankings article that came out, can anybody catch the White Sox? We're still a game and a half behind them, and that's fucking it. So, now, also, it, it you know, Eloy Jimenez... And uh, Roberts, their center field, like they, Chicago is without a couple major pieces and are still doing very well. But we're hanging in there, but it's looking a little scary because Tristan McKenzie goes out there, gets shelled. Tristan McKenzie leads the league so far in walks. His command has just been awful. His curveball, they say, like, this kid's no doubt got a major league curveball. His fastball can be okay, but, you know, Carl Willis and and Tito were just like this kid. He's just he won't challenge batters. He's he's kind of too afraid of it getting too out of control. And it's this slippery slope where he just starts walking guys, and it's too much. And he's getting murdered because of it. And so now Logan Allen, we go into the, the year with uh, it being Shane Bieber, Aaron Savali, Zach Plesac, Logan Allen, Tristan McKenzie. Allen and McKenzie have been both sent down to the minors. So now this John Francis Mejia, they're thinking maybe he'll fill into a spot. Potentially Cal Quantrill, who was who was up against Logan Allen for that fifth spot in the rotation going into the season. But they're also saying that because he's not, as they say, stretched out and and you know isn't the kind of guy whose arm's going to be able to take eighty to hundred pitches every five nights. That maybe you have to. It, it's hard to to make that change mid season. Um, so that shit's difficult. And I, I just, if you're not going to hit, and now you you got Fran Reyes on the ten day DL, what the fuck are we going to do? And then yeah. on on top of that, Shane Bieber's like his last two starts versus Seattle and Minnesota, who are are very like vulnerable lineups. He's not having great outings, and he's walking people more so than he has been in his career. His command's just not what it has been. And you saw the eight eight strikeout a game streak, um, come to an end. And it's like, okay, you know, all of a sudden today, Plesak gets knocked out in the fourth. It's like, fuck, we we could be in some trouble. Karen Chak, who's been untouchable all of a sudden, gives up, uh, you know, three runs, two earned runs in extra innings. And so all these pieces, like we were built on these very straw pillars of guys, uh, several guys being absolutely untouchable. And several of those guys have shown some weakness. And now I don't know what you do. Like, yeah, Jose's still all world, and we got that going. Cesar seems to be coming out a little bit. I think you need Eddie Rosario to step up big time. And then um, Brian Shaw is the is the other piece that has been, like, untouchable. <laughs> do you think the clock just struck midnight, or do you think there's any fixing this? I mean, the next 10 days without Reyes bad in there? I mean, is there – like uh, – does everybody go back, or is it just like this is what it's going to be, and we're just going to slip to the? I mean, what 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 do they what what do they do right now? I mean, it's 
it's shit or get off the pot really right now because the you know they rolled the dice and it failed, which normally it doesn't. You know, you think I mean how much do you have to think that Mickey Calloway not being here affects that? Because before I, in the years past, it's it's worked out. So it, I have no idea because right now where we're at with you know. It's been so weird that we have done this well. It makes no sense on paper if you just erase wins and losses and you just look at stats of everybody. In no way would you decipher that to be a team that is over 500 and one and a half games out of first place in a competitive division. It it makes no sense. So I don't know. Now, who knows? Maybe if this Brian Shaw thing is for real, like that, I, I don't know what the comeback player of the year kind of award that the MLB has if they do have one, but fucking give it to him. If he somehow keeps, keeps this up, where he comes back this late in his career, all of a sudden adds like one and a half to two miles per hour on his fastball, all of a sudden his cutter's doing crazy shit, and he's just dominant. Brian Shaw has been dominant. Karen Check has been dominant up until today. So I'm not going to go nuts and be scared. Although today, you know, like you, you Class A has been having some command issues. So that that insane three three reliever lineup that we had at the end of the game of, you know, setup setup closer with Shaw, Karen Check and Class A, it it hasn't been untouchable for couple weeks with where class a was not being able to throw strikes today karen Chack goes in there and six out of his 17 pitches were balls and he gives up a three-run home run after walking somebody and they had it was extra inning so somebody was already on second so he gets two earned runs off that if this becomes a slippery slope for him and he starts going downhill we are fucked because our bullpen and everything after the sixth inning is where we've really you know made our money so, Shane Bieber, you, you can't panic quite yet, but he's got some shit he's got to figure out with his command because that's always been his thing. I read a real real great article in The Athletic about how the Indians have kind of created this model that other teams are trying to, to emulate now with all the, of our success of, of bringing pitchers up through our system. And it's that whereas most clubs have been looking at pitchers with like an extraordinary ability like a guy that can, you know, throw around 100 miles per hour, a guy with, you know, crazy movement on their breaking balls. And they, they've taken that and been like, we're going to try and teach command and teach you how to be a big league pitcher there. The Indians have, have chosen and scouted guys for their command and been like, we'll teach you to add an extra one or two miles per hour to your fastball or add a you know few inches of drop on your breaking ball. So we've kind of gone about it different, and it's almost created a bit of a, a shift in, in the way that teams are looking at and evaluating talent. So for a Shane Bieber, who was all about like never walking anybody to be having these kind of issues, I don't know how to feel about it, but he still has only given up about three runs per game. But he's at like 100 pitches five innings in, which is kind of concerning. So... When you're built off these things and these things that you're really built on start sort of crumbling a little bit, like nobody's really stepping up except for sort of Cesar in the lineup. You had, you've had you been really – it's been fully driven by Jose and Franmil and all of a sudden – like oh, and Naylor as well for, for, you know, for what he's worth. He, he's done 
what he's supposed to do, if not a little bit more. But you're not getting what you should have out of Rosario. So far, not really what you should have gotten out of out of um, Cesar. Definitely the Bowers and Yu Chang experiment needs to die. They brought up Owen Miller today, who's been this kid that was like for a while hitting. They were like, oh, he's hitting 500 in the minors. He's got a couple home runs. This is the kid. Bring him up. It's like, okay, that was through, you know, 12 games. And four games later, he's at 400. So I hope the kid does well, but there's there's just still all the questions in the world with this team. And I, and I have no idea if, if now we're watching the actual midnight ticking or if, if somehow this team is just an anomaly that is going to keep finding ways to win. Well, that so basically that was a long-winded way to say I have no idea. I had a lot of time uh, to think when I was in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, eventually just fucking dumb luck is going to run out. Uh, talent always prevails. The Indians haven't gotten over the hump, but they had a lot of talent. And now it's just, you know, if you're banking on guys being overachievers, you know, that's going to fall apart eventually, especially when you get, you're banking on like five, six, seven positions to where you're like, yeah, this is a question mark. You're not going to be a playoff team. I mean, that's that's what it boils down to. Is there any way to fix it? Like, is there a quick fix this year? Or no. I mean, is it just cross your fingers and hope? I mean, that's kind of what I'm curious. And what will what will the front office even do about it? Are they okay with not making the playoffs this year? I doubt they're not. They're okay with not making the playoffs. Um, I, I still think that they they think that we can and that we'll figure it out. Um. It's it's the as far as a quick fix go because of the rotation now being in question. I don't think that there is because before it was like maybe we'll you know get one or two bats in in some way shape or form, but now it's like oh we need one or two pitchers and then at least two bats and then that's a lot. Sure. So I still I I, I have no idea if they'll make it. I I. I you know, that whole long-winded explanation probably should have come with a no, but it's the Indians and it's Terry Francona. And, and those teams that were loaded with talent weren't that loaded with talent. Like, they were pretty good, but, like, they were still devoid a lot of the times in a lot of different ways, and people still were screaming for them to spend money at those points. I mean, 2017 was really the only year I can think of where it was like, this lineup is fucking stacked. Yeah, I mean that that was kind of more of what I was referring to. You don't have the Michael Brantley out there, you know what I mean? Like the the bargain that's, price guy that's gonna just hit three hundred for you and just be be a pillar in your lineup. And sure, he might miss some games, but like and the locker room as well. And it's just they have too many young guys and not they don't have any consistent. You don't need superstars, but in baseball you need consistency. And he's they, the most egregious mistake they've made. Yeah, I think Michael so. Brantley. I think by far is the most egregious. Letting him go to the Astros is the most egregious mistake they've made over the past 10 years. For no money. It, it, it'd be one thing if he's getting a monster contract, but for no money. So. It would, I, I, you know, and, and I was vocal about it. I, I, I always thought that Naquin is somebody that they should have paid, especially if you're going to fucking keep running Luplo out into the outfield. Uh, Naquin was somebody. And then, you know, at first, I, when I was thinking Carlos Santana would be again making – 18, 19, 20 million dollars. But then when you see that he signed for like nine, you're like, oh shit, bring back Carlos Santana. What are you thinking? You really think that the Yu Chang, Jake Bowers thing is, is the way to go? I just, I, I don't get it. 
We never will, Brian. <laughs> I like Ahmed Rosario. I, I've been saying that, and he, he has kind of had his peaks and valleys, but I, I like he, he was four or five today. He's got great base pass speed. I, I, I don't know. I, I still really enjoy watching it. I, this sure. team is is almost like the the all these holes and seeing the way that they'll figure it out. It has been very intriguing and has been something that has kept my attention even more. They're they're not just absolute trash. Like there's there's certain guys that you're waiting for them to get back to their numbers because. At some point, you have enough of a sample size of what Eddie Rosario and Cesar Hernandez are that they're going to get back to those kind of numbers. So those dudes are going to get real hot. And then Fraudmill is still on his way up. So you're not sure exactly what that guy is going to be, but so far he's been fucking great. And Jose, we talked about last week, statistically, all his shit that you can chalk up to, to luck, the like you know, percentage of balls hit into play that are end up being outs so far I've been bad for him. Like he, he should actually be having better numbers than he does. So maybe the lineup will all of a sudden get hot. I don't know. Well, it'll be fun to watch and you, you can go to games now too. So, I mean, I think the front office has a big interest into not tanking out right now. I mean, they, no. they, they want to fix it. Yeah. They want to, they want to sell fucking tickets at the end of the day. That's what it's going to be about. Now they might not go out and, spend buku dollars like everybody clamors for all the time but they're they're going to be interested in adding a couple pieces and making this push i think so ultimately june 2nd that they can start t- selling that place out they don't want it sitting empty all summer when it sat empty all summer last year you know what i mean so i think that's <laughs> maybe they, they make a push for a couple players even more so than they would in the past because they want to sell tickets I sure should hope so. I I just I would be very satisfied if if this team spent eighty to a hundred million dollars on on uh, payroll every year, which I don't think is is out of the realm of possibility. That's not crazy by any means. Uh, around a hundred million dollars is around league average. So just be around league average and and be above average at talent recognition and scouting. And I think that we will be. It, 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 it's hard to justify with how, how bad of a baseball city this is and how little people go to games, maybe COVID and finally getting out of the house will push people there. Um, I think so. I think a so. chicken or the egg kind of thing. Cause they did pay people. There were years where they were over a hundred million dollars, 2017, 2018, they spent money and people did not really go. I think part of the problem is it's so fucking cold here for most of baseball season. I think that's where you're getting June, July, and August. Still, they don't sell enough tickets to really fully Fair. use that as an excuse. But when you look at a big picture throughout the entire season of what our averages are, yes, they are skewed by that. And I think Major League Baseball is really fucking stupid for not trying to actually fight that, not trying to make all Cleveland, Detroit. Any outdoor city that gets really, really cold all through April and part of May, have them play West Coast or Southern games. That like It's really not that difficult to do. I can't imagine it's a nightmare. But dome games, West Coast games, games down south. You can make this happen. Does that give them uh, – this is a whole fucking other bag, but does that give a team a, a, an advantage or disadvantage, though, being on the road? I mean, most of these guys are pros. They want to play in nice weather. So I don't think it gives them a disadvantage. I think everybody would collectively agree that, hey, we don't want to play during a sleet storm on Mother's Day in Cleveland. I you know what I mean? Everybody would agree. Even if it means they're not sleeping in their own beds and they have to put their penis in their girlfriends instead of their wives. You know, it's just 
tough life for these guys, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I that's that's an interesting thought. I've never heard anybody bring that up. Is to just avoid <laughs> avoid the cold weather cities. Um, Don't even have to fully avoid them. Just go to Dome, uh, you know, play in Minnesota. Yeah. Interesting take. I don't I don't ever see that happening. You play where you live. You know, it's one of those things. But God damn, those, those games. I've gone to some opening days that were, like, real, real just how much pain can you take. They, they, they were nothing but endurance tests of how much you could sit there and freeze your fucking ass off. And stay like I, I've I've been gone by the sixth inning and on opening days before. I remember the one had a rain delay and we just everybody just waited and then like when they finally played only a few were left and we only had about another hour in us after that. Yeah, yeah. Allison went to opening game rain delay and was all over TV just eating ice cream at like midnight <laughs> <laughs> in the cold stance. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, people want to act like this is a great sports side, but it, we don't give a fuck about baseball because. If the Browns were as good as the Indians were, people would be jamming into that fucking ballpark. Hats, gloves, mittens, fucking coats. The Browns now, it's a lot easier to say when it's only eight games in a year. But you're right. The the actual interest, if you just look at, I mean, take just sports talk radio. Like, the, Indian, the, the Browns considering a free agent or a prospective trade rumor that's come is going to make waves far, far more than the Indians being a game and a half out of first, or if the Indians were to retake first place. Uh, Shane Bieber striking out 18 people in a game would not have nearly as much interest as the Cleveland Browns thinking about trading for Julio Jones. Is that a thing? Is that a thing that's happening? It's not, but I sent you that picture where Julio Jones was, was, he took a picture wearing a fucking Dallas Cowboys hoodie with a fan. That's interesting. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. The NFL, I don't know what happened. Like over the past few years, I don't know if guys are trying to force the envelope just from a broader perspective, like the NBA has, like we want to go place where we want to play because you see Russell Westbrook or what Russell Wilson and then. Our boy, our boy Deshaun, and then Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is doing it now too. Like Aaron Rodgers is doing it big time, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't. What do you? How do you even evaluate that? First of all, fucking, you're an idiot if you think we should trade. And a lot of people are saying, well, "Well, we can go get Baker, trade Baker for Aaron Rodgers, and win a Super Bowl this year." The projection and, and ESPN put it out there of like the the teams where Aaron Rodgers makes the most sense, and we were up there. We were on that list. We were one, in some lists. Uh, different publications had us as like the team that makes the most sense. And the trade that they were like, just trade Baker and Odell and two first round picks, and he's yours. Fuck off! Does it, did, does anybody out there really think that that's a good idea? I don't think that. And I know I'll be the first to admit it. I love Baker Mayfield. Like I'm just I'm a yes. fan. Yes. I'm a fan. But I don't even think even if it was if it was. Do you trade Josh Allen? Do you trade you trade Lamar Jackson for Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. I don't know, though. No, I don't think you do because people Straight have up, been... like not even like no first-round picks or anything. Like quarterback, franchise quarterback's tough to find. If you think you have that guy, like why would you give that up for a guy with a year or two in the tank? He's He could he could potentially have more with, I mean, but that's the outliers, the Tom Brady. Like the... Tom Brady and 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 you saw a steep drop off drop off with Drew Brees 
these last couple years. Aaron Rodgers is 37 years old. And I know I have the tendency for the hot take, but Aaron Rodgers in a, in a, a sports world that puts such emphasis on championships. LeBron James, you can't even talk about him and Michael Jordan because of championships. And Tom Brady is the undeniable GOAT because of championships. And anybody, you know, fucking Phillip Rivers, oh, he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. He didn't have any championships. Got no rings. Everybody wants rings. All people talk about is rings when it comes to greatness. Eli Aaron Rodgers. Eli, Eli Manning, Manning. Two Super Bowl rings, by the way. He got Top rings. Top 10 in passing. He's got I, both. He's, uh-huh. Total package. Anyways, continue. Total package. <laughs> um, Aaron Rodgers has been to one Super Bowl. He has made one Super Bowl appearance. He won it, but he's only been there one time. And all these Cleveland fans that are like, well, if we get Aaron Rodgers, we could really win a Super Bowl. We're going to win a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers has had great teams around him, and he has only been to one Super Bowl. That's it. It is in no way a guarantee that we would make a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And I am real tired of people like Aaron Rodgers who... Aaron Rodgers has been complaining about not having weapons for so long and about how they use their draft capital. And it's like the Jordan Love thing was bad. <laughs> that was bad. That that was a real go fuck yourself to Aaron Rodgers. It was. That was terrible on the Packers end. <laughs> but, like, they've been drafting second-round guys for Aaron Rodgers for years. I mean, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, um, Devontae Adams, those are all second-round picks that they've they've gotten for him. I mean, look at what Patrick Mahomes has. Patrick Mahomes has um, Tyreek Hill, who was a fifth-round fifth pick. Demarcus Robinson was like a fourth-round pick. Travis Kelsey was a third-round pick. Like uh, Sammy Watkins was uh, uh, on his third team. Yeah, he was a first-round pick, but you know, bounced around. It's like maybe even fourth team for Sammy Watkins, but – you know, they didn't put any sort of a whole bunch of first rounders out there for him. A lot of teams don't view offensive weapons as as needing to spend a first round pick. They a lot of teams feel like it's harder to get weapons uh, or get like defensive playmakers than it is to to get weapons in in the later round. So they'll spend the first round picks on that. And I think that's the Packers' whole viewpoint, much like the Patriots have done. Go look at the Patriots' picks. They've taken more running backs than wide receivers in the past 10 years in, in the first round. Yeah, there's speed all over the draft, and really you you can find playmakers everywhere. But, like, a defensive end, like if you want a game-changing defensive end, you better take them in the first round. DBs can be real hard to come by. I mean. The Jordan Love thing, to go back to that, like does Aaron not remember that they drafted him with Brett Favre on the fucking roster? Like, that's what they do. I mean, it's. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's and they're, they've but been at a being that machine. quarterback, you got to be like, well, go fuck yourselves. And I get why you would say go fuck yourselves for for, get, for trading up to get Jordan Love. But I mean, just don't forget where you came from either. It's just they had a guy that you know, when he's thirty seven years old. Does he think he's going to play forever? They could sit that kid for four years. I mean, I I understand like why he's upset, but it's not anything that they haven't done in the past as an organization. Green Bay is doing what Green Bay does and. They've always put good offensive. There's been only a couple years where they haven't been a top ten offensive line. Most of the time, they're a top three to five offensive line. A couple times, they've been the best offensive line. Uh, Money Mitch, our 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 boy, our listener, 
my good buddy, he, I was like, oh, they always have a top three offensive line. And then he sends me like the rundown of the pro football focus rankings, which if you're a top eight offensive line, like you most of the time have a claim to the top three in pro football focus, offensive line rankings and ratings. A lot of times it could be skewed by run blocking versus pass blocking. And then on top of that, a lot of it is, is opinion of the people grading offensive line pays plays very difficult to accurately grade. But if you have a good one, you got a good one. And the Packers always have a good one. You got to. You're up there in fucking Wisconsin, dude. You got to get some. You got to get some boys up there, dude. Yeah, man. And they, they Bakhtiari's been great. That uh, El, 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 Elgton Elgton Jenkins. I don't Isn't know if you said that right. Kid? No, 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 offensive line. They had uh, who? Who's on their line? They had uh, what? Lindsey, I believe. I don't know. Ohio State is Corey Lindsley. Yeah, he's there. For Even Treader, J.C. Treader, our our senator that we love so much, is a cast off from the Green Bay offensive line. He was somebody that was a backup that came and filled in, and then we picked him up after he did pretty well as a fill in. So they they always surround him with with enough to succeed, and he's very good. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers isn't that great, but like when it comes to a decision like like trading Baker Mayfield and potentially having a, a long-term answer at quarterback that we've been looking for for maybe two years. I, I don't I don't see the appeal in that. Yeah, I, it's just – and to give up all the other capital, you know. Yeah. yeah Odell and two first, like, it, it'll bury you for what? Yeah, it just – it doesn't make any sense. Baker straight up, I'd have a real hard time swallowing that one. But I am far, far more likely to accept that than multiple first rounds on top of Baker Mayfield. That's insanity. That's what everybody wants. That's what. And I still wouldn't trade Baker Mayfield for Aaron Rodgers straight up, just because I think that we're going to have years and years of 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 good football out of Baker Mayfield, as opposed to one or two out of Aaron Rodgers. I I think three max Aaron Rodgers has in him. Would you? Would you trade? If you're Seattle, would you trade uh, Russ for him straight up? Do you make that trade? I mean, who? Who? I mean, realistically, what what deals can possibly get done for any of these guys? If you have disgruntled quarterback, I think if I'm Seattle, I'm saying, hey, we both got a fucking problem. How do we solve it? And then you, you get just, a lot more years out of Russ. I'd, I'd be that's curious what as I mean. to how bad it is for Russ. But if I was Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how much. Like, yeah, okay, you got DK Metcalf. Um, and, and Tyler, Tyler Lockett's Lockett. pretty good, the but like that line off, isn't great. The offensive line is not great, and that has been one of Russ's bigger gripes. Like if I if I were Russ, I'd be pretty pretty stoked to go to Green Bay. Absolutely, you'd have to be. If I if I were Russ, I'd be I'd be pretty damn stoked to get to Green Bay because Devontae Adams is is pretty damn top notch, and Robert Tanyan's not a bad tight end, and I mean, I don't know who else they're going to end up throwing out there. Valdez, Scantling. I thought that one of the things they got uh, what's his name? Green Bay certainly they they don't have they're not coming out clean in all this because that Kumaro thing was also pretty hilarious. To be honest with you, what was that? I think I missed that. It was like uh, Aaron Rodgers was talking up. Was it Kumaro or who was it? I think it was Jake Kumaro where he's talking about how much he liked him, and then they cut him like right away. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Was yeah, that was yeah. that him? I think it was Jake Kumro. They got Devin Funches. That's who I was trying to think of. They Funches is still playing. 
Yeah, yeah, he's he's a Green Bay. Uh, Calvin Ben Calvin Benjamin is is making a comeback as a tight end. I think. Where at? At the Giants. Wow. Remember when he came out at two seventy? Oh man. He came to camp at two seventy one year. Fat as shit. That's enormous. You sent me that Eddie Lacy thing, and I thought it was for real. <laughs> well, Eddie Lacy, he had come out real fat a couple of years. He's jacked now. Is he? Good friend. Yeah. Um, big fan. Big Eddie Lacy fan. Best running back out of Alabama. Well, Derrick Henry, but <laughs> outside of Derrick Henry, best running back out of Alabama. Yeah, it was Jay Kumaro. Aaron Rodgers remains upset the Packers cut Jay Kumaro. <laughs> so, yeah, the Packers have, have kind of – Sort of told Aaron Rodgers to fuck himself a couple times now. And I don't think they'll get rid of him. I, I I really don't. We'll see. Crazier things have happened. I think all three of those quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers and Russ Wilson, all stay put and all play for their respective teams in this coming year. The NFL puts their foot down and they don't want this. They don't want the trading around, I guess. Because you see it in college football, all these kids are entering the portal. So I don't know if that's. If it's just the new new brain of the If I were the, the, the Saints, I'd be trying to get one of those guys. Hell yeah, dude. Because they still got that team that could. Like, they're ready to go. They're ready to be contenders right now. And you sure as shit can't just give uh, Taysom Hill the keys. Oh, dude. And I like Taysom Hill, but he's not an every-down quarterback. And I'm very curious to see what they do with his contract. Because they, like, they, that monster contract they gave him, it's like, okay, all this is voidable. But what is your plan then? Like... Are you gonna restructure this? Like, what what is going? Because you can't pay Taysom Hill what that contract is. I I don't know. I don't know what the contract. You I'm got bringing is, it up now. It's cool. it's pretty enormous. So the Taysom Hill contract, 140 million dollars. Four years, oh. 140 million dollars. Pay, <laughs> dude. Pay Taysom. So it includes a uh, a 9.7 million dollar signing bonus, which is pennies for that size of a contract. A $1.44 million guaranteed roster bonus and $1.034 million base salary plus incentives. So I don't get how you do that. Like, I I just don't understand. It, it's it's supposed to be a, some sort of salary cap maneuver. So it's all, all that money is all basically like incentives. Yeah, so it says... Um, it's a four-year, $140 million contract extension, but all years are voidable, and it's a mechanism to free up cap space this year. Per source, it saves states over $7.5 million against the cap this year. So numbers this year include a $9.686 million signing bonus, and then those other numbers I had just mentioned. And then I, I don't know what you – I would – I'd be shocked if they start him over Jameis, but they should if, – if any of those three quarterbacks, if they can – Jar them loose from any of those teams. Fucking do it if you're New Orleans. I would have said the Bears should have done it as well, but they went with Fields, which I think is better for them. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know what to think about him as, as an Ohio State guy. You I don't know what to think about Fields? No, man, because I've seen him be bad, and I've seen him be really good. So, um, Greg Newsom ate him up, dude. <laughs> Northwestern gave them a fucking game the one time they played. So, I mean, I don't know. I think he'll be fine. That four four speed on a two hundred thirty pound body, that's impressive. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'm rooting for the fucking guy. I'm definitely rooting for him, but we'll see. Our quarterbacks, we have this whole this whole our quarterback sucking the pros and it's held true so far, so you know. I never really put much stock in the whole this 
this team or this conference because nobody ever thought a fucking Texas Tech quarterback would be any good. Or, well, or a Big 12 air you. raid quarterback would come in and, and play, and now there's multiple of them. Oklahoma boys, dude. Yeah. I mean, Herb put out a couple quarterbacks, and he was our uh, he was our coach there. We got old Tim Tebow's down there getting some time too, dude. We got a bottle it. of scotch on it. If he makes that that roster going into the season. Top five jersey scotch. sales right now, dude. Top five jersey sales. It's going to be hard to cut him. It's going to be real hard to cut that guy. They're if just, nothing else, to be the fucking preacher on Sunday. It's a, it's a GOP play. They're, they're just trying to get them white evangelical Christians on board. Whatever, dude. They spend money. That's the way they're looking at it, dude. Tim Tebow is all elite. Dude, that fucking wrestling guru, dude, he's just... He's a, he's a gimmick guy. I mean, he owns he owns a pro wrestling company, and he doesn't give a shit about wasting one roster spot on Tim Tebow. Speaking Look of how good he was. Look how good he was for Aaron Hernandez. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the Pouncey brothers. Yes. Yeah, those guys are goons too. Anyway, speaking of whatever. Speaking speaking of wrestling, I I uh, you ever watched Dark Side of the Ring? Yes, I have seen those. Amazing, really well done. Narrated by Chris Jericho. I watched one last night about, it, and I'm always fascinated by North Korea as a country. Anybody that goes over there, if you've ever watched like that Dennis Rodman thing where he goes over there, oh yes, where the fans of the the court are just clapping like. They have Golf no idea clapping. what's going on. Yeah, yes. dude, it's wild. Yeah. Uh, did you? So you watched like the documentary about Dennis Rodman going over there? No, I just remember it happening. Dude, watch the documentary about it. They follow them around. He brings like a couple ex NBA players and some fucking Harlem Globetrotters, and then Dennis Rodman is in North Korea being very drunk and belligerent. Well, Charles Scott is a notorious drunk, and I know he was over there too, dude. Or Charles Smith. Like they were so, like. The, Kim Jong-un was supposed to go meet with them, like, in person. And Dennis Rodman felt as if the other NBA players there were stealing his thunder. And he got very drunk and belligerent and started yelling. And they didn't even bring Kim Jong-un. They, like, canceled that because of that. Oh, my God. It is so entertaining. But, like, as a country and, like, the way that they live. Like, I watched a Vice thing a while ago about it, about how it's just, like, everything is, is staged. Like, if you're an outsider coming in... They have so much control over everybody that literally the entire country is just playing parts to portray themselves in a way to you specifically as an outsider. So they'll like stage an entire city's worth of people to do specific things to send a message to to just a visitor. So like they uh, they brought in Eric Bischoff and Nature Boy Ric Flair and Scott Norton and Two Cold Scorpio and uh, Hawk from the uh, the Legion of Doom, Chris Benoit, like they all went over there to oh, do like Chris this Benoit wrestling match. Chris Benoit wasn't there, was he? Chris or this Benoit was years was ago? This was like ninety-three, oh, ninety-four. I thought you meant this was last week. And this was when Chris Benoit was just a, <laughs> a fucking, uh, res- you know, more reserved, quiet guy and not a monster whose brain was just stewing. From doing um, fucking his fucking finisher was a head dive off the top rope, dude. The the, the dark side of the ring did a Chris Benoit one too, and yeah. they they, they <laughs> mentioned that that specific move has like ruined the life of everybody that's made it their their marquee move and their loved ones. Yeah, <laughs> that shit was. Oof. 
Um, anyways, anyways. <laughs> so like they go over to to fucking North Korea, and you just gotta watch it because Two Cold Scorpio was was legitimately planning on murdering Hawk from the Legion of Doom over there, like fashion <laughs> shiv to to stab him to death in an elevator like that. And that's just like a side story. The rest of it is like Eric Bischoff tried to go on a on a jog and was like terrifying local people with it because he didn't like check in. And uh, they, they caught Scott Norton calling the country a shithole on the phone with his wife. And they came and they apprehended him. And, like, dude, it is bananas to take these animals. And not, like, and like Muhammad Ali went over with them as, like, a peacekeeping ambassador. It was, like, a whole thing. And to not really try and educate these guys on what to expect and what to do is insane. Because professional wrestlers, especially 90s professional wrestlers, are the animals to end all animals. They were just the, the most insane people. Yeah, dude. What do you, what do you expect, wrestlers, dude? You, they, they have the craziest fucking stories. And you put them in a country where you can't do anything? Yeah, man. I, I know it'll never come out because people will just get absolutely canceled over it, but that one, like, I'm sure you've heard the story of that one flight that happened. Oh, yeah, the flight of hell. There's Yeah, there's well-documented. But I want, like, a dark side of the ring on that because... They'll probably can't do it until Nature Boy's dead because he was like flashing his dick to. Yeah, he was doing like flight attendants. He was doing like meat spends and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then like Vince McMahon himself was wrestling uh, Brock Lesnar in the. No, aisles. it was uh, it was oh, with Kurt dude. Angle. Kurt Angle. Yeah. Okay, I I, had, I guess I, I'd heard other stories about Vince trying to wrestle Brock Lesnar, um, and then like Scott Hall and his his years and years of abuse to himself like was just way fucked up and needing to be like carried off the flight and shit. Like it was, I want to see more about that one. Sorry. My dog is going nuts right now. I think that'll do it for 10 cent beer life. As always, I'm your host, uh, Jenkins insurance. Shout out to golden Knox. We got to get back there. They don't have any barking dogs there. So <laughs> go Browns, go Browns. <laughs>